What's up, everybody? It's Austin Rivers from the Minnesota Timberwolves. It's a new year, and I have a new podcast here at The Ringer, Off Guard, hosted by me and my guy, Pasha Hagigi. Austin and I go way back and talk so much hoop already that we figured it was time to fire up the mics and let you in on all of these conversations. Every week, Pasha and I will hit on the biggest stories happening in the league and get Austin's perspective of someone currently hooping in the NBA. Tap into Off Guard every Friday on The Ringer NBA Show feed on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. With over 122 million parts, from superchargers and brakes to exhaust kits and beyond, eBay Motors levels your baby up to its peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The NBA playoffs are here, and we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch, because this is the Turn It Up to 11 NBA Playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA Playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. Shout out to that guy, The majesty. Oh my goodness. It's professional wrestling. Stay mage and enjoy yourself. Mage. Ladies and gentlemen, there is something going on every Friday right here on the Ring of Wrestling Show. I am Peter Rosenberg, and I am joined by, you see him. If you're watching, you see him. If you can't hear him, you're missing out. The sweet, <laughs> sweet sounds and movements from one of the most illustrious superstars of the modern era, Kofi Kingston of the New Day. Yeah. Kofi, what's good, bruh? Good, man. Yeah, I appreciate that, man. Yeah, if you are, if you guys are listening to this and you're not watching it and you're not getting eyes on my my beautiful face and my my luscious skin, you know what I mean? Unblemished. You are indeed missing out. What is what is your skin regimen? Because I mean, I I know black don't crack, but there's there's still more to it than that. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, um, to be honest, I, I just make sure to get out of the shower and almost immediately go to uh, either Ultra Healing, um, Jergens Lotion. Yep. Jergens, okay. Know, or uh, I have actually been dabbling in Palmer's, you know, cocoa butter. Ordinarily, like, or in the past, it's been too greasy for me, you know? I know what you but, mean. But um, I, I feel like you know, they changed their formula and it feels, it just feels right. Maybe my skin has been uh, more, more thirsty. So now I can like take in the extra, the extra moisture of the Palmer's, you know, it just has a delicious <laughs> scent to it. You know what I'm saying? You know what it's I'm talking fun- about? It's, well, it is funny you say that because when I was younger, I really hated the feeling of putting moisturizer on my skin. It like, it drove wow. me nuts. I hated it. And wow. if, because it felt like too much. Yeah. And as sure. I, as I've gotten older, I agree. My skin sort of gotten thirstier. Yeah. And so the, the application of moisturizer feels better. It does, man. And I don't really put a lot on my face because if my face feels greasy, then that, you know, I'm kind of out. Um, there used to be uh, a, a great cocoa butter formula. It was the generic Walgreens formula, wow. like generic Walgreens lotion. That's what my parents always used to get. It was great. It was perfect. Somewhere along the way, they changed the oh, formula. No. 
And then, you know, it just, it didn't work out for me so well. So then I had to upgrade to the Jergens and now the Palmers, but it's been, you know, you, you got to take care of your skin out there. You know what I mean? We got high def television out there, especially <laughs> those of us in the entertainment industry. There's a handful. Of, I'm not going to call anybody out, Go ahead. but there are a lot of people out there who uh, don't want to put lotion on, you know, and then they want to walk around in public and, and then you want to have a conversation and I can't focus on anything that you're saying. Except the dryness. Ashy, you know what I'm saying? I can't, I can't understand. You, you, we got to stop we're doing immediately i don't care what it is that you're doing you look down and you see like an ashy ankle or like a you know ashy hand or something like that you stop what you're doing and you go find some lotion you know you, you immediately just, but you but you have to be honest you work with a lot of different people of different backgrounds it's true in my yeah. experience um i don't know if i've witnessed more of a cultural difference between people than between the way the black community and white people view lotion i'm yeah. sure you've had this conversation in the locker room before sure you know you you most definitely there there's definitely been times where uh you know we'll kind of enlighten some of our caucasian friends and be like well, I, I never knew i never knew you had to put lotion on you know like yeah man you got to moisturize man but then you'd be surprised too a lot of people in the african-american community too like really uh, anti-lotion they'll just go out there and uh and just be walking around like i said i'm not gonna call anybody out Go if ahead. you're listening you know who you are <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> if you're listening, you know who you are but it's like you know i don't care like again like if if me if i'm having a conversation with somebody and talking about the realest stuff in the world talking about i don't know just something really really important and you get up and leave in the middle of that conversation i will not be offended if you leave to go put some lotion on because you can do it anytime you stop, drop, and lotion up. Anytime. You know? Now, is, Anytime. is the gold standard, you think, for – because for me, lotion and, and skin care, which I'm not, I'm not trying to say I'm a master at by any means, but as I've gotten older – and I know this wasn't the start everyone was expecting to this interview, but that's quite all right. Don't worry. We got time <laughs> with Kofi. So I found as I got older and I'm in front of the camera, it's become more and more important to do it. Is there any standard that – is any higher in terms of looking young than the one being set by the birthday boy today as we record <laughs> this, our brother, Ron Killings. Because yeah. I, I, Ron Truth, Ron Killings, a.k.a. Truth, I think he turned 75 years old today. I'm yeah, pretty sure. You said, uh, you said 170, 175, 175 right? years yeah, old. 175. They actually based uh, the, the the True Blood series off of his <laughs> life. You know what I'm saying? I think he's like a co-executive producer because he's uh, giving them the actual stories of what happened in the 1800s and 1700s <laughs> back with the vampires and all that, you know. Uh, but he won't tell people what his secret is. Whether he's he found 51 the fountain today. Crazy, Kofi. man. How, it's wild. It's wild, you know. And even like the way he's able to move around still, um, I know he, he tore, tore his quad a little while ago, but, uh, you know, outside of that, like injury wise, he, he never like really got hurt, you know, and, and he just goes around the way he dances, the way he moves and contorts his body, that jumping split that he does every single match. If I <laughs> jump up in the air and do a split and land on the ground, I will explode and disintegrate into dust. <laughs> and you know what I mean? Like he does, he I does just the corkscrew, the corkscrew thing. Everything he does yeah. is like physically wild, bro. Like the impact. It's crazy, man, that he's able to do all of that and still like not be worn down. You know what I mean? It's there's there's something going on, something supernatural going on there that he's not really being. Hey, you said you it. Know, 
you ask him about it and he just kind of laughs it off. <laughs> I'm like, no, I'm serious, man. Like, I want to know what's going on. But here. he's got a lot of strange keys to life that are like hard to understand. Like, he'll tell you, you know, you'll be like, y'all ask him questions in an interview. Like, what is it about, you know, what is it about you that Mr. McMahon always took to so much? Like, why is he so fond of our truth? And he starts sort of laughing and just telling stories about life. And you're like, I hear you, but I don't understand what you're saying. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> he's, a, he's had a lot of life experience, man. You can't blame him. You know what I'm saying? He talks in a, in a realm that is above anything that we can understand because he's been around. He's been on this earth for so long. I mean, think about if you were like 175 years old. Still think active. about the story. Yeah. That's probably being generous. He might even be older he than that. He could be older than 175. We, we, we're, we can't no. be sure. Now, uh, <laughs> Kofi, what is what, tell, tell the people about, uh, besides to talk some wrestling today, why specifically you're, you're on the program today? Yeah, yeah. So uh, I'm spreading the word right now about a foundation that my mom and I have started called the Click for Quality Education Foundation. Uh, the acronym CLICK stands for Computer Labs and Integrated Centers of Knowledge. Uh, and really what we're trying to do is uh, – build computer labs and libraries for uh, middle school kids or junior high school kids in, in Ghana. Mm. So, um, you know, for, for us over here in the States and, um, you know, really all over the world, you think about how prevalent technology is, right? Like we can, we're having this Zoom meeting right now and it's just like, all right, let me just set up shop. I'm gonna set my computer up here and, you know, press a couple buttons and then we're talking, uh, which is amazing. Um, and we, we take that for granted a little bit, you know what I mean? Because it's just so like, just, just prevalent in our lives, you know? But for a lot of kids in Ghana, they uh, have never seen a computer. They don't have any idea how to operate one. And I told this story where uh, my mom actually told me where um, there, well, you know, you'll have like teachers trying to like teach their kids about what computers are and they don't have the means to do it. So they'll take a rock and they'll have a rock and they'll say, hey, this is what we call a mouse. And then there'll be a wire connected to this mouse. And then that there's a, a screen over here and they'll draw a screen like in the dirt or on a table or something like this and say like, well, the arrow is going to move when you move the mouse. And I can only imagine what a kid in elementary or middle school or even high school is like trying, is thinking when they're trying to conceptualize what what is going on here, you know? Um, you know, so, so we're just trying to uh, provide uh, them with these computer labs so that they can have a sense of media literacy. They can, um, it's just a necessity in the day and age that we live in. So, um, that's really what we're trying to do. So, um, even with like libraries too, my mom took a group of kids to a library. They'd never been to a library before, you know, wow. they'd never been. So, uh, my, both my parents are actually librarians, you know, uh, so the impact that books, and and you know literature has had on their lives is like just it's been so impactful right like it's kind of dominated their it's guided them to where they are in, in in their careers you know they both have doctorate degrees my dad has a doctorate degree in library science my mom has a doctorate degree in anthropology um but all of that was sparked through their love for for knowledge and for learning and for books and things of that nature so um all of that to say that uh, we are just trying to give kids a, uh, um, you know, put them on equal footing when it comes to having an education and, um, you know, being able to function in this world where technology is so prevalent. So we're just trying to raise funds to, uh, to, to get those computers for them and, um, and, and the library as well. Now we've actually, uh, built the building you know we have the building all set up we have uh like a lot of the furniture in there we have um a lot of the artwork that's on the walls you know what i mean 
Um, and just to like finish it out, we, we, we just need those, uh, those laptops. So that's really what we're mainly fun or fundraising for, um, charging stations for the laptops, obviously like operational costs and things like that. But mainly, um, we're, we're trying to get the, uh, the funding for the laptops. So we had a couple prospects that have kind of fallen through. We're still talking to some people and hopefully trying to get some donations. But again, everything helps. We have a GoFundMe going right now, www.gofundme.com slash click FQE where people have been amazing so far going to, uh, to, to donate to the cause. Um, but we still got a lot of work to do and a long way to go. And um, we hope that people will find in their hearts to uh, be able to give. Uh, GoFundMe.com slash click FQE. I just went and uh, donated and shared. And I'm gonna, I, I, this is an awesome cause, man. We, we're going we're gonna to spread the word around this. I'm, I'm very confident you can get to this goal that you guys have set here to get these computers done. Um, yeah. How how much was your how much was your relationship with Ghana and the Ghanaian people impacted by that title run and you going over there with the title? Yeah, it, it is. I, it's crazy because that was back in 2019. Now it's what 2023. So like what uh, four years ago? Yeah, my math is bad. Four years. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Just about four years or three and a half. It was in July or June. But um, yeah, it was just an amazing experience, man. Um, I just think about like you know where i came from being born there and then my parents uh immigrated to the united states and um somewhere along the way i became a wrestling fan you know and through that love and passion for wrestling i was able to somehow get on the the wwe roster i, I tell people like i shouldn't have made it because a prototypical wrestler is six foot eight right or six three 225 pounds big strapping chest you know big muscles none of which i have you know what i mean um i got real skinny chicken legs you know what i'm saying an oddly shaped head no chest muscles you know but somehow some way i've been able to find a way to uh to to, to make it and make it to the highest level so for me the story and everyone knows the story of, of of kofi mania i don't like when that comes out of my mouth i've said that a million times it sounds so weird for me to say it but y'all call it kofi mania and it had such an impact on so many people um all over the world um and it's an honor and a blessing to have been at the center of that moment and, and specifically to take the wwe championship the most prestigious title in the history of wrestling over to ghana and show all the kids there, all the people there, that the nameplate on the side of the most prestigious title in the history of wrestling said Kofi, which is one of the most popular names in Ghana. I right. could just see like people's, you know, kids, kids like just astonishment and, and disbelief, like, oh my God, like this is, how is this possible? And that to me is what it's all about. Like what, what, why I do this? is to show show people and share my story with people but also to motivate them to go out and and try to accomplish the impossible because again I, I i say it all the time like i should not be here man and from the from the promos the the, the vignettes that i had even to debut those were they weren't very good a lot of people don't want to say it but they weren't very good and on those alone like i shouldn't be here but here i am um, so yeah, man, it is, uh, definitely been, uh, um, an honor to be able to represent, um, Ghanaian pride and Ghanaian culture and heritage and, and whatnot, um, having, uh, just a lot of success in this role. It's, it's been a pretty crazy run. I think I saw the, the, I think maybe Michael Cole said it the other day or someone said that the, is this your 17th rumble coming up? Is it? 
I don't know. I don't. I. I can't. I've not. I think you're. I think you're tied. I think you're tied with Kane for the most rumbles ever. I think it's probably it's either fourteen or fifteen, because I my so my fifteen year anniversary is coming up. Okay, so it can't be more than fifteen. So yeah, yeah, it, it can't be more than fifteen. I think I, I want to say did I was I even in the rumble my first year? I don't think I was. So it might be like fourteen. I don't know. I don't. You know. People keep trying. Okay, okay. So here's what here's what I have. It says I take it back. I got that all wrong, but close. Kane has the most with with 18, um, uh, plus plus a couple other appearances as different characters, not Kane. Uh, Dolph has 15. Yeah, and then you and Randy both have 14. I see. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. Last year. Or was it – no, not last year. I was in that last year, even though it was very quick. A very quick appearance. We have to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, but 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 the year before that, I think I was out because I, I got hit in the jaw. And uh, whatever the ligament is that, like, connects the jaw to the cheek or whatever, was, I, couldn't, I couldn't be in it. The pandemic, the pandemic rumble I was not in. Um, that's a good one to miss. I mean, if you're going to have to miss yeah, one. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. It wasn't that bad. You don't, you don't miss the, like, cause so much of the fun about the rumble is that, that pop that each person gets when their yeah. music hits. Um, Pandemic so, is weird, man. Yeah. Yeah. Especially for us, man. Like we are, like crowd participation is everything for us. I remember coming, the Thunderdome was great, you know, for being, no, able it made to, the like, most of a bad situation. Exactly. But I remember coming out the first time and just being like, all right, here we go. And I'm like, oh my God, it's, just like the cameraman, some random production guys. Now there's weird like applause coming out. Like, oh, this is bizarre, man. But you know, it was what it was, man. Like you said, we made the best out of a, be- a bad situation. Um, now, so last year in the Rumble was the time when it, you had your Kofi spot, and yeah. <laughs> and that's what we can only because we have to call. I mean, you have become synonymous with the rumble in a lot of ways like Kofi's entrance and now shouts to Naomi she's sort of become uh the female version if you will she comes out yeah. and does an amazing sort of thing every time that wows the crowd with her athleticism and and you've blown our mind a million times and I think everyone had always wondered like man but what if it what if it doesn't work out right 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 <laughs> and, yeah. and that happened I believe that's what happened last year correct yeah, no, very much so. That that what happened last year was certainly not the plan. You know what I mean? And a lot of people would ask, like in interviews too, like, "Well, what happens if uh, you you know you don't you don't do what you set out to do?" I'm like, "Well, I just walk to the back." Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, but but to actually like have it happen, man, I was like, "Oh my god!" I'm like, "Is this real? Did it really just happen?" I'm like, "Did anyone see my feet touch?" And there's like the camera angle was right there, so they couldn't even like, you know what I'm saying? Like, so the, at like that point, does the ref whatever? at like, that point does the ref tell you like, no, 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 you gotta go? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so it was Rod Zapata. I'll never forget. He was like, "Sorry, man. Yeah, you, you, you got, you got, you gotta go, Kofi. You gotta go." Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just sitting there. I'm like, "Uh, are you sure? <laughs> yeah. All right. Let me just limp to the back." But it was like, you know, it, it was it was crazy because I didn't expect to hit that hard coming from so high. That's not something you can practice. You know what I'm saying? Like when, uh, what was the spot? It was from the turnbuckle to the, to the wall. This was, so I went for like a springboard and had Kevin Owens push me and I was going to go all the way back to the, uh, to the, to the, to the the, uh, barricade, you know, and land on the the top rope. So pushed off the The top top rope. rope. Yeah. So it's essentially like a backwards reverse springboard, you know, 
situation. And I think like, and I've, I've, of course I've analyzed it like a million times, especially like that week or whatever. But if I, I went more up than out, I should have just gone out. If I would have gone out, I would have been fine. I might've even like landed in the crowd. You know what I'm saying? Right. But I, I went and did it and, uh, and I went like high. So it was more of like a trajectory up and I still made it. And then if I would have like kept my feet up oh, and I would have landed like Morrison did, you know, but again, like this is not something that you can walk through. When you do it, you just do it. So, I, you know, if I would have kept my feet like up, then I would have hit my feet on the on the actual barricade and would have been fine. Would have been, would have been able to get up and like get back in and everything like that. And then the impact of like coming down on my chest was so hard, man. Like I didn't expect it to hit that hard as well. Um, so there's like a lot of stuff where it's like, you know, if this was a, a movie in like Hollywood, you would have like your stunt guys go through the stunt like a million times. And then you would know like, okay, this is how we do it. Well, we can't do it this way. This is it's kind of like of a one, a one, a one shot, right? One and done. So that did you um, know, is that something that you'll try once before with Kevin? Like, will you say like, Hey, let's just try this. No. I, so, so I had tried to do it like by myself, you know, um, because you know Kevin on the push is not like He's not doing that much. You know right. what I'm saying? Yeah. So so we never actually like walk through it together. But it was you know it really would have had it, it. It didn't have anything to do with like him or anybody else. But my trajectory and jumping, I should have I should have taken a little bit of a, a like less sharp or sharper angle going that way. But you know again like I you know I tell people all the time like to me. And this goes like beyond Royal Rumble spots. This is life, right? Like you have your biggest growth, your 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 biggest uh, leaps and bounds in terms of growth and development when you fail, right? If everything was so easy and you were succeeding every single time, like you, it's fine, but you're not really going to grow as a person or whatever. So for me, like to, to, to do that in front of everybody, everybody's watching you and, and wanting you to do something, expecting something out of you. And to not let everybody down, but to fail at delivering what uh, you were supposed to do. And everyone's watching you, like especially like the people in the front row, too, just like, oh, and we're making eye contact, like, oh, what are we going to do? It's like, all right, and then you got to take this walk of shame, right? Like all the way back. And then like, you know, I get to Gorilla and everything and the rumble's still going on. I'm just like, well, you know, like, what are you going to do? And everyone, you know, it's fine or whatever. Um, but then even like the next day at the airport, I felt like everybody was looking at me. You know what I'm saying? And nobody knows who I am at the airport, right? Like nobody knows like what I do or what I what happened the night before. Although there was a couple of fans that happened to be in the airport and they were talking about it. But, you know, I'm just like walking around. It's like this weird feeling of like, oh my God, like what's gonna happen? You know? And that happens like when you go to try to achieve something and and for example, you fail, you wonder like, what are you gonna do? Oh my God, I spent so much time and preparation. It went into this endeavor that I was going to do and I failed. Now, what am I going to do? Am I going to keep sulking around or am I going to pick myself up and keep it moving and do better next time? And that's the attitude that you have to take. So, um, you know, I, I think it's kind of a lesson, um, that, that, that I learned for sure. Um, and I look forward to those moments. I don't, obviously don't, you don't go out there and you, tr you don't go out and try to fail to try and like get a lesson. But when you do, you make the best of it and it makes you better. It makes you a stronger person and, um, and you grow. Do you, do you spend time now as we get down to like a week from this year's rumble? 
is it something that you think will be on your mind in the days leading up to it? Or you just, uh, you don't, th you don't think about it. There's been, there've been 14 ones that were great or 13 ones that were great. One that didn't go the way you like, you just keep it moving. Yeah. You know, I thought that I would be a little bit more like, uh, so my attitude before the rumble has always been like, if something comes to me, I'll just, you know, I have faith that something will come. I don't sit there and like try to think about like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. And that's what I, you know, and put pressure on myself or whatever. If something comes, it comes. If not, then it doesn't, you know what I mean? And and we just don't do it. You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and it's fine, you know, but every year, like some idea comes even to the point now where people like come to me with ideas and they're like, Oh, you should do this. I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. That sounds like a good idea. I think I might be able to do that. But, um, cause they're yeah, thinking I, of something they would like to do, but they couldn't do it. So they're like, yeah. yo, Kofi, you should try this. Yeah. 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 You should try this. And you know, maybe, <laughs> I'm not going to pull this off. You <laughs> give it a shot. Maybe there might be a little bit of that too, but you know, I, I appreciate people um, because again, like it's a, it's a staple of the, of the rumble at this point, you know, where people, you know, look to the, it's a, you know, just something that people look forward to, to seeing. And I, I'm grateful that people are actually like still looking forward to seeing something like that. So, um, but no, I don't put like any pressure on myself. I thought like, I, I, you know, like I said, like that week after, um, I didn't hit it last year. I thought like, oh my, a million ideas came to me right away. So I was like, this is so cool because I'm never prepared, you know, I, or I never think about what I'm going to do literally until a week up before. So I already had like a bunch of ideas that like I wanted to do really within the 48 hours of, of failing last year. But, um, you know, we'll see. You have no idea like who you're going to be in there with, you know, uh, or what the situation is going to be or what the story that they're trying to tell is. Um, so you kind of have to cross that bridge when it comes and when Rumble Day comes and we'll see what the uh, what the plan is. We go out there and then we execute. How how much does everybody during the Rumble know what everybody else is doing? Like it always seems like a somewhat chaotic day. Is it just <laughs> sort of like, you know, the person before you and after you like like how who knows what? I think it's a situation where like you don't really need to know what anybody else is doing except for the people who are like close to, to your like entrance spots or whatever, or elimination if there's something specific. But for the most part, you know, there's only a handful of us that like really need to know what's going on and who's in there because we're trying to do like, like cool things that involve other people. Um, but other than that, you know, you can just um, make it up. It, it, I think it's, I think it's just something that myths all of us fans who are not workers, like how yeah. you figure out on the fly, how you guys just improvise for an hour, essentially, or yeah, 30 minutes right, or 20 minutes. It's right, crazy. Right. Right. It, it's a, it's a fun period too, because, uh, again, and I think that like that, that level of chaos <clears throat> adds to the excitement and the fervor of the rumble, because number one, you have the element of like not knowing who's going to come out whether they're going to be, uh, you know, a legend coming out or somebody from a different company coming out like Mickey James did last year, yeah. right, which was crazy. Um, or, you know, you have no idea, like, what people are actually going to do. And then for us as well, like, it's a really, really chaotic day. You know, we have no idea, like, really what's going on until the actual match is going on. And even then, the nature of WWE is that things are constantly changing. So um, it's fun for us because that's when you find out like how good you are, right? Like, okay, I was supposed to do this and this person was supposed to be here, but they're not here. And now I got to figure out how to get my point across without the tools that I was supposed to have, you know? So it's a fun, it's a fun time. And then of course, like the energy of the rumble itself is like, it's unmatched, man. Like 
when people are counting down from 10 to one, like, I guess what, 60 times yeah. in a night, like, and with the same level of like energy throughout the entire night, like that means that it's a special night. So um, I'm looking forward to it as I always do. And I think it's going to be a great one this year for sure. This episode is brought to you by eBay Motors. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED highlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. The NBA playoffs are here. And we all know playoff mode is a thing. Listen to the evidence. Playoff crowds are going wild. Playoff players are lighting up the court. Even your speakers are in playoff mode. Okay, we'll take it down a notch, but just a notch. Because this is the turn it up to 11 NBA playoffs. Playoff mode is clearly a thing. The NBA playoffs presented by Google Pixel continue on ABC, ESPN, TNT, and NBA TV. How's our guy Big E doing? And, uh, you know, how's how's that road been? Obviously, I've been seeing, you know, obviously, I, I'm in touch with him. I follow around, seeing what he's doing. It seems yeah. like he's, he's always been in the right mindset. Yeah. Um, but how's he doing right now? And how hopeful are you that we'll, we'll see him again on our TV soon? He's doing great, man. He's doing awesome. I mean, um, you know, like for, for someone who um, literally broke their neck, it's it's amazing to see the the level of recovery man and he's even from like that day he was wanting to make sure that everybody like knew that he was okay I know. you know like i'm like man like this, what what a, an amazing human a thought such a thoughtful person to be literally like you know on the edge of contemplating like death or paralysis or whatever's going on you don't know what's going on this is your neck and you're worried about other people. You know what I'm saying? Like that's another like total different level of of like caring. You know, I don't think I've ever met anybody with that level of just um, you know, just concern for other people. You know what I mean? So, um yeah, but he's he's doing he's doing really really well, man. Like he hasn't had to have surgery on his uh on his neck. Um you know, it's kind of healed naturally and um I think uh, it was at the point where, so the, the wound is healed, um, but the fractures are not uh, ossifying, generating new bone. You learn all types of new terms, right? When you get close to these situations. So they wanted to do a new scan, uh, I believe in March, and they wanted to see like uh, where things are. 
and um, we'll kind of go from there. You know what I mean? To me, the most important thing, and I know a lot of people are like, well, when's he coming back? You think he's going to come back? Um, to me, the most important thing is that he's able to live his life in a comfortable fashion and and be happy and uh, not have a major that, quality of life change, anything like that. Exactly. Right. Exactly that, man. And he's able to do all that. You know, he's having the time of his life traveling quite a bit. Yeah. Um, he's been um, going to different like college campuses and talking to different potential NIL athletes and explaining his story and what happened. So it's really kind of been like a, a good fit, you know, um, and he's maximizing this time off that he's had. So um, as I keep saying like on Instagram, he had posted a video of him uh, roller skating in a roller skating rink. And I'm just like, oh, oh no, what, what's okay, well, you know what? If you're not worried, I'm not worried. You know what I'm saying? So like he's um, he's in a real good place and he's doing really, really well. And he appreciates all the love that he's gotten from people on social media and, and all the support. You know what I mean? Um, what do you so, guys yeah. miss? What do you guys miss the most about driving around with him when you and Xavier have to go out and do house shows, et cetera? What, what about his presence is missed the most? Just the just the comedy, just the he's, he's so incredibly funny, man. And um, like you don't have a, a conversation or a car ride or a hangout with E where you're not laughing your ass off, man. Like every, you know, every interaction that we have is just like a joy filled interaction, like true, like belly laughing, joy filled interaction. So um, and we obviously like still text and everything like that. But um it's not the same as being in person. We're actually going to Australia on uh, Friday, which is what, tomorrow? Yeah, going to Australia for about a week. And we're gonna be promoting um, the fact that Binge, which is a, a streaming service, so WWE is gonna be on Binge in Australia. So we're going there for a week to promote and it's gonna be me, Woods, and E hanging oh, out for man, a week. Oh man, that's you know? amazing. And we haven't, we haven't had a good hangout like that for a long time, you know? So um, yeah, man, I, I kinda had to like downplay my excitement a little bit. Um, when, when, when talking to my wife about it, no, because, no, no, because it's a week and it's far. So you got it. It's a, it's a long time. I just, I, I told her like this month has been so just hectic and chaotic with all our our appearances and all of this. And then obviously rumble too. Um, and I told her in advance, I'm like, babe, I'm sorry. This is this, this month is going to be rough. And of course we have a, you know, 14 month old with the nine year old and a six year old boys, you know, um, it's a full house and she's out here just quarterbacking and, and I just appreciate her so much, you know? So, um, but you're not going to lie I, about the fact that you are looking forward to what I, but I am really excited about this. You know, it's work now. It is work, but I, I am no, really excited great. to go and hang out with them for sure. Now, a personal question about the new day. Do any of you guys have like a, a beverage after a work day or all of you completely, completely no. clean? Not so usually. Yeah, I mean, yeah, most all we're really not big like like drinkers by right. any means. You know, uh, we're more gamers. You know what I'm saying? Like me and Woods have made it a tradition to like go to a, a barcade after like SmackDown, especially if we're on early. Then we can, you know what I mean? Like kind of get out of there a little bit early and go to a barcade, and we just play Street Fighter all night long. You know what I mean? So, but as far as no, I the people who were listening didn't see the, the disappointed no. look on your like, oh, that doesn't seem exciting at all. God, get to a bar. God, have a drink. Yeah, you're you just, know? I mean, as if that's so exciting to sit around at a bar and just drink and do hey. nothing. 
this is what we do, man. Like a lot of the uh, legends will come back and be like, what, you guys are just playing video games? No one's going out. No one's, you know, going to, to the bars. and Like, nah, man, we're, we're going to go to the, the, the barcade. We're going to play some video games. We'll probably be tucked in the bed before midnight. Hey, you know man. what I'm saying? That, so- but that's, 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 there's a reason that you've been able to do this as long as you have and have yeah. a great home life. And that's part of it, you know, is understanding yeah, yeah. how to do this. Like your wifey doesn't have to worry too much when you and Xavier are just playing video games. You know what I mean? That's it. That's 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 the that's the name of the game, man. That's all that we do. I mean, every now and then, like if we go on like a European tour, uh, we might have a glass of I have a glass of white, a glass of white wine. You know what I mean? Just a little touch of class, you know, with the boys and everything. Cheers and all that on tour. But, um, you know, never anything that I don't I don't get belligerent. I'm too old for that, man. I just I can't hang people going out and you know, partying, and then you have to wrestle the next day. I don't know how people do it. Well, I, we talked about the skin too. The effect, the effect yeah. on the on the on the on the body. Look at that. That's not a face that's drinking every weekend. You see that? <laughs> how how long how long do you think you'll do this, Cove? I don't know, man. Um, I got a couple years left on my contract. Um, I never say like, okay, well, in two years I'm gonna be done because so for, we always uh, get on Mark Henry about this because he said that he was gonna retire for like 12 years. I feel like I every year, this is it, man. I'm gonna be done after this year, you know. And then all of a sudden he comes out of Vince's office like, well, Vince told me that he needed me, man. So I signed for another five years. I said, Mark, come on, man. You ain't never retiring, man. You know, so we, we get on him about that. So I just um. It, this is a it, this industry is so unique and so fun and in such a short period of time in our lives that I know that it's very hard to walk away. You know, um, I think what a lot of people miss about it and being on the roster, at least from what I've been told, is that like uh, they miss the camaraderie in the locker room and all that. And even like now where I see the transition happening, where like, you know, myself, Dolph, Miz, Randy, like we're kind of the the elder, the elder statesman, you know, and everybody else has like gone through NXT. There are people who I don't like, I didn't come up with, you know, so you kind of see that like natural transition kind of happening. But the camaraderie in the locker room is um it's it's still there, man. And like once that's gone, like you don't really get it back, you know. So um I've always said that like uh as long as I'm having fun, um, you know. I don't, I don't want to be the guy that like comes to work every day and is complaining about being there and like, Oh, I'm not happy with the storyline. I'm pissed off about this. This job is so amazing that you should be kind of, I mean, you should be feeling like elated about it every single day. You know, obviously there's ups and downs and whatnot. We all know that, but overall you shouldn't be coming to work and like, you know, having it like weigh on yourself and you take it home and then you're mad about what's going on at work. And now the quality of your life is like, it's not what really, you know, what, the way that it should be. So, now, could you picture a world in which Kofi, where E and Xavier uh, pressure you as the old man of the crew to be like, nah, you can't break this thing up because they're both they're both younger than you. I know. Well, hey, you know what? They look. Hey, and I told them this, and they're starting to come around. Once you get past thirty, it's all the same age bracket. It's all the same age bracket. So, are they younger than me? Or are we all the same age? They might even be older than me. Woods has been working in the industry for a very long time. He's got about like, I don't know, Woods, he's got like 27 years in the business or something like that. He's been working for a Consequences Creed. Yeah, he's been doing it for a long, he's the the real veteran of the group, if we're being honest, you know? So am I older than him or not? You know, I don't know. (laughs) Who's, Who's to say? 
Who's to say? It's, you a, know? Great, it's a great, it's but, a great uh, point. Yeah, man, we talk about it all the time, man. I think uh, when it's all said and done, we definitely want to like continue to work with each other on an entertainment uh, platform or whatever that looks like. We're we're figuring that out, but um, you know, we take it one day at a time, man. Um, we'll we'll see what happens when uh, the contract expires, and you know, we'll we'll cross that bridge when it comes. Yeah, I, I I got a hunch WWE, WWE is going to do whatever it takes to 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 at least squeeze one more out out of the new day. But we'll wait and see. Um, uh, I'd be remiss, uh, although it's of course a tragic thing. I'd be remiss to not ask you about Jay Briscoe. Um, yeah. This is one of the greatest tag team wrestlers of this generation, who of course was tragically killed in a car accident in Delaware earlier this week. And I, I I can't imagine you guys had any real professional crossovers at all, although correct me if I'm wrong, but I still have to imagine you're an admirer of of his work from a distance. Yeah, for sure, man. And and I, I said this in an interview yesterday too, like we, we'd never crossed paths. I never actually met him, but at the same time, like I, I felt like I knew him, you know what I mean? Because he has been so prevalent in this, uh, this industry, him and his brother, obviously as, as tag team um wrestlers and 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 great ones at that and um yeah the whole thing is just so uh it's just so sad you know it's it's just so sad um on social media so many people have been giving and, and showing love and telling about all the stories that they had with him and I, I really wish i got the chance to cross paths with them man um but um yeah man so many uh just thoughts and prayers and condolences out to the family um i i can't even begin to imagine like how you begin to pick up those pieces, you know? So uh, just want to send out love to, to, to all of them, to, to all of them. Um, yeah, man, it's... Um, so you never know it's, what it's going to be. Like, it, it's so crazy because the wrestling business, you worry about so many different things. Like like the night you guys had to sit there and worry about E and what was happening with him. Uh, and, and then all of a sudden it, it can just be you know, life is so crazy that he just gets into a car accident because someone swerves into his lane. You know, it's right. life is just, uh, it's wild. And it goes back to what you were saying about appreciating every day at work, like as opposed to getting upset because your character, you know, like I, you're a character actually because, because people love you so much, people express their own anger about your character. And I'm always thinking like, I know Kofi, I don't think he cares. Like wh why did, why did Brock beat Kofi? as quickly as he did. And I'm like, I don't know, because he's Brock Lesnar. And Kofi probably doesn't really care that much. Um, yeah, man. yeah, it's a situation too. Like, um, again, I think what really helped me uh, was having like real world experience mm. in terms of career before getting to WWE. Like I was working in the corporate force, you know, working in a cubicle um, at, at Staples in Framingham. Um, Framingham, Massachusetts. But, Birmingham, Massachusetts. At Staples. Yeah. I don't think I knew the Staples part of your journey. I don't think I did. Yeah. Oh yeah, man. Yeah, out of college, uh, I I got a job at Staples. I was told it was going to be like an advertising job. Uh, it ended up being like proofreading. You know, like those big buyers guys that would go out like nine hundred pages. Oh, this is worky work. This is worky. This is work, work. So, but, but at the same time, like, it, like I didn't need to go to college to be able to like proofread and you know make sure that like okay, there's a period here that's like. Uh, too far to the right. Make sure to put it close to the to the to the to the last letter in the in the word. Like, it was just like kind of like mindless work, you know. Uh, definitely just not fulfilling. And it worked for some people, you know. Some people love that predictability, but for me, it was like this is not gonna work, man. Um, so, um, how did yeah, your parents? Man, I, how did your parents react? I mean, I can't imagine your like Ghanaian immigrant parents who've worked their ass off to give you everything. 
you know, and uh, African parents notoriously want the most for their kids, right? Like to, to be a doctor, a lawyer, something. What was their reaction like initially to you going down this path? Yeah, well, it was just that because they were just like, when I, I don't think that they really understood what I was trying to do or how big WWE actually was. Um, because I told him about like, you know, when I got the job at Staples, it was like, oh, great. You know, you climb the corporate ladder and that's great. And then I was like, uh, you know, I'm going to do this wrestling thing too. You know, we got a show at the, uh, the Knights of Columbus over here. And uh, my mom's just like, uh, cause so she's trying to find the fine line of like trying to support her son, but then also trying to push him towards like being able to support his family, you know? Something um, safer, so, yeah. It was just like, yeah, okay, just make sure that you're like climbing that corporate ladder. And uh, it wasn't until like Survivor Series in 2008, I believe, where it was in Boston. And um, oh, they, they came to the show. To show. <laughs> so that was the first time that they came to it. They never saw me wrestle on the indies. They never saw me wrestle anywhere else. They never saw a practice. They never saw my outfit. They never saw anything. But when they came to the show, they like saw all the people and how big it was. And this was a, an arena, you know. When they heard that SOS. Then yeah, you know, we come out and we're doing our thing, you know. Now they're, everyone's singing along this pyro and everything, and now they are now they're in, you know. Now my mom was like my biggest fan, and she wanted to, you know, got all the t-shirts and everything. So now like it just took a while to to get them to come around. But you know, parents always want the best for their kids, and they uh, especially like you said, you know, it's like we came all the way over from the motherland, and I'll be damned if you're gonna be wrestling in the Knights of Columbus, you know what I'm saying? So I understand like the level of uh of of worry and, and concern of like not really knowing what's going on but um you know it all worked out it all worked out and i and i just love imagining picturing them walking in to to what is now i guess td garden or whatever it was then uh was it already td garden yeah i think it was uh but it wasn't called sure. td garden it was uh, just a new garden the north, yeah, yeah the bank north garden or yeah something yeah like exactly I just imagine walking in there and like knowing that you had been doing this wrestling thing, but until you're able to put eyes on what that looks like, I can just imagine how impactful that was for them. Like, Oh my God, he's going to be okay. This is a thing. Yeah. Yeah. And then again too, like, and we say this all the time in like media days where it's like, you can watch it on TV and it's great. You follow the story lines and everything like that. But it's a completely different experience when you go live, especially when you go for the first time, because our fans are unlike any other fan. You go to a basketball game, you see some people who are like, you know, cheering for their team, even football games. You see people that will paint their bodies and you see some pretty cool super fans. There are no bigger super fans in any sport like there are in WWE. Like people are they, you know, they get so livid over like different results of matches and, and all that. Like they're so passionate, you know, even to the point where like you go to a show and there's like 50 people that are lined up and they have to put barricades up so that they can hold them back so that we can actually get into the building. You know, they just want to get a glimpse of their favorite WWE superstars. So like our level of um, the level of dedication that our fans bring to our product is unmatched, you know. So imagine getting thrown into all that for the first time and you see all these people just like, you know, you know, going crazy for what you thought was supposed to be. Oh, well, it's not real. Well, we're able to impact people's lives, right? We're able to like to, to suspend people's disbelief and get them to react and invest emotionally in what we do. And when we do that, like that's that's the name of the game. You know, that's why we do what we do. Final question for Kofi Kingston. Do you just because you mentioned the word real, I've literally gotten to the point now where like if if someone says the word fake around me, I, I give them like a pretty dirty look. <laughs> I, I, 
I'm used to I'm used to any of the things about wrestling being said. It's fine, but like that yeah. specifically will trigger me a bit. Do yeah. you do you feel any way if someone says it? Or you don't, you're just so nah, man. I'm 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 a lot. I'm real chill, man. You know, I remember like back in the day. Obviously, uh, you had Vader on the show, and he, you I didn't come here to be insulted. I didn't come here to be insulted. You, can you imagine if we did something like that today? But I feel like a lot of people. Oh, what you got going on, though? <laughs> Yeah, you, you got some sunglasses going on, huh? Yeah. New gimmick? Okay. Yeah, you, okay. <laughs> but yeah, man, I don't I don't get I don't get triggered on on that because I feel like number one people wants you to react and get like, you know, like overly like but part of it is us because we you know, the whole kayfabe like history of wrestling like we went out of our way to tell people that everything was like like legit, true. You know, obviously, true. things have changed. That we, I tell them in the name, like, well, you know, what you do is like not real, right? I said, well, it is called World Wrestling Entertainment, right? Entertainment is in the name, as we're telling you that, like, right? They remove it's, federation; it's entertainment, it's very entertainment. clearly. No, you're, so you're, we're here to entertain you, right? I'm like, Yo, you ever watch TV before? Oh uh, yeah. Oh, who's your favorite character? Oh, well, you, you know, dude on Game of Thrones. Oh, you know that, like, that's also like you know what i'm saying like and then they're like oh so i you know it's it just once you kind of like point that stuff out um i think people realize that what our goal is is to uh you know just make people react emotionally man bring some artistic um you know performances and and you know the way that we combine like athletics and storytelling and the pyro and you know, all of that into one is it's a beautiful thing. It's unlike anything else. So, yeah. And for the people listening right now, it's it's their favorite art form. And and we love it and we appreciate you. And I think you're as highly beloved and regarded a guy by fans and colleagues as there is in the business. Kofi, thank you for making time, bro. Hey, no worries, man. I appreciate you, man. And you look at you. You did put a donation in, man, because I, I get the notifications right here. <laughs> Peter Rosenberg, he wasn't lying, y'all. He, he ain't never lie. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Be like Mr. Rosenberg here. You know, go to click. Uh, go to www.gofundme.com slash click FQE and make a donation for these kids out here, man. We're really trying to do something special um, for, for them. And uh, again, thank you to everybody who has already donated. It really means a lot and it's going to go a long way um and even if you can't give anything like that's cool too just please spread the word and let everybody know like what we're doing uh and the impact that we're trying to make so it's it's an um, amazing cause man any anything we can do to support it you just let me know thank you man i appreciate you dude all right big thank you to our friend kofi kingston truly one of the best dudes in the business one of the best dudes period um guys by the way we have our entire ringer wrestling show lineup officially rocking you get a masked man show on monday you get cheap heat on tuesday you get wednesdays worldwide every single wednesday thursday the masked man is back and then the friday there's something going on fridays with cheap heat so we're really trying to bring it to you every single day and if you didn't get to it our head honcho bill simmons sat down with wwe's head honcho nick khan and they had a conversation this week that you could check out on bill's podcast as well rosenbergbeats at gmail.com everyone stay mage enjoy yourself and we will catch you on cheap heat on tuesday